Hey guys, we're so glad you're tuning into the Apex Students Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Apex Students, and we pray that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus. The first horror movie I have ever seen. I was at Pap's house. Pap was uh, babysitting me. I was... I couldn't give you an exact age, but it was the kind of, it was the age where memories are kind of fuzzy. You have them, but they're kind of fuzzy. Um, Pap was babysitting me, and he didn't see a problem with letting his child grandson be in the room for a horror movie. Um, and that child, that was me, was horrified. And the mother that was my mother was very upset with Pap <laughs> that day. Um, this movie is called Them! Exclamation point. You saw the trailer there just a second ago. This minute, this this movie was from like 1954. This movie came out. Um, later in life, I Googled horror movie giant ants so that I could identify the trauma and figure out where, <laughs> what, exa- what was the name of that movie that I remember so deeply? Um, I'm pretty sure it's the right movie. I can't be 100% sure because I'm not going to rent it uh, and see, watch it again, put myself through that again. But I knew that there were giant killer ants and I knew it was in black and white. And the thing that really sealed it, you heard that like squeaky noise? <laughs> Right, like it was like over the violin music, that the noise that the ants make, that was what triggered me. That was like, oh, that is that sound memory is in there. That is absolutely the right movie. Spooked me, spooked me real good. For the past few weeks, we've been celebrating spooky season with Sunday school stories to tell in the dark. Uh, it's been very, very fun. And if you missed any of that, um, you can catch up on the Apex Students podcast. Now, speaking of the podcast, sidebar. Thank you to those that are listening to the podcast. If you're listening, watching on YouTube, thank you for listening all over the world, all over the country. Um, specifically, there's one I'd like to hone in on, um, Boardman, Oregon. Boardman, Oregon. Now, here's, here are some statistics that I found. 32% of our listens on our podcast, 32% are in Pennsylvania. 37% of our listens are in Boardman, Oregon. So if you are listening right now and you're from Boardman, Oregon please reach out to me at Apex Harvest on Instagram. I need to know who you are and uh, why you keep listening. I'm so thankful to have you. I'll give you a merch discount. Just reach out to us. You can verify your residence in Boardman, Oregon. Um, That's just a side note I've been meaning to get off my my chest and connect with those people in Boardman, Oregon. We should get some merch that has Boardman, Oregon on it um, because I've... I've just been so excited to, uh, yeah, it's far away, guys, far away. We are in Pennsylvania, but I'm so glad to have listeners in Boardman, Oregon. Anyway, it's my turn to preach, spooky season. Um, We're talking about getting spooked. That's what we're talking about tonight, getting spooked. Whether you're a person that loves or hates this time of year, um, that loves or hates being afraid, like haunted houses, scary movies, like those types of things. People are all over the uh, place on that. We all face fears in our lives. Um, Not too long ago, we talked about the top five American fears. It was in our series called Be Brave, not too long ago. And uh, you can see that clip on YouTube and Instagram, IGTV. Those fears were like heights, spiders, hippos. You should be afraid of hippos. Tonight, uh, I'm going to talk about a different list of fears. And this list, they're all related. I I think we can all relate to them. Maybe you're not afraid of heights or you're not afraid of spiders or the dark. These are some things that I think all of us can relate to to some point. Um, The fear of man, the fear of failure, and the fear of death. I would like to do a little exercise. Just pause for a few minutes. I'm going to say each of these fears. And what I'd like you to do is just take some silence, just a few seconds, and reflect on how these fears come up in your life. Reflect on how they impact you specifically. So think about them as I say them. The fear of man.
How about the, feel, the fear of failure? How does that play out in your life? And finally, the fear of death. Think about how that shows up in your life. That's a little bit of an uncomfortable exercise. Just the silence alone can be uncomfortable. But we're going to look at each of these. The fear of man, the fear of failure, the fear of death. So first of all, the fear of man. I think we all deal with this to some degree. Most of us care what other people think. Hello? Yes? Uh, yeah, me too. Thank you for being honest. Um, and part of the reason I know this is the, the rising rates of anxiety in the, in the day. In your generation and in older generations, there is this rising tension of like, I am anxious. I am depressed. I, I am very aware of other people. A lot of this is related to what other people think of us. We fear being rejected, alone, or judged, or left out, or bullied, or unpopular, or disliked or criticized. Just in general, not fitting in, being normal is something that we, we all want to achieve that. And we're so concerned about what other people are thinking. We do a lot of comparing ourselves to other people as well. And we put a lot of importance on what other people think of us. Here's some insight from the Bible on the fear of man. Hebrews says this, so we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. So I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? In Galatians, it says, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. And in Colossians, it says, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. The fear of man. Uh, these, this is some pretty convicting scripture for me. When I read this, I'm like, oh, I need to check myself there <laughs> because I struggle with all of these things. I struggle with um, the like trusting people and not in God, pleasing people and not pleasing God, working for people, for myself, instead of working for God. Are you guys familiar with The Voice? Do you know this show, The Voice? There's like a billion like competition, singing competition shows. I'm kind of over it. Um, but people love this show. It's like 35,000 seasons into The Voice. And when you're a contestant on the show, if you're unfamiliar, you have about 30 seconds to impress the judges. You have about 30 seconds um, to get them to hit their button and turn around. And they don't even see you. They just hear your, hear, they just hear your voice. And you hit the, they hit the button and turn around if you have impressed them and they want you on their team. So these singers give everything they have to this moment. They spend hours picking the right song. They're going to make sure they find something that's going to show off their range, show off their skill, whatever different pieces of singing and types of the art they can showcase. They're going to rehearse for hours and hours for this moment to be on TV, to get picked by John Legend or whomever. <laughs> they get a coach. They get feedback. They practice. They practice. They buy a new outfit, even though they can't be seen. And then the moment comes. But if they aren't able to impress those judges, and that judge, or they're just like getting pickier because their teams are filling up. If they aren't able to do that, and the judge does not hit the button, and they do not turn their chair around. I think sometimes we live our lives like we're on the voice for everyone. <laughs> we, everyone has a chair faced away from us with a button in front of them. And we are lit performing on this voice, on this show, for everyone in our lives. We go through a lot of stress, a lot of work to get other people to hit that button 
to get other people to turn their, to win their approval so that we can get on their team. We spend a lot of our time and energy doing that. We, that might play out uh, in maybe getting physical with a significant other because you're afraid they're going to leave. Being quiet about your faith, not inviting somebody to church because you don't quite want to be viewed as that Jesus freak. Maybe it's striving for the perfect GPA or the lead role or the solo or the MVP award because you don't want to let down your parents. You're afraid of losing that approval. It's like we're trying to get everyone in the world to turn their chairs toward us. But I have good news. And it's a truth that can transform the way you live your life, the way you view other people, and it's going to get a lot of stress off your shoulders. If we live this truth, it will get a lot of stress off of our shoulders, a lot of weight off our shoulders. And that truth is that you have an audience of one. And our God is that one audience, and he turned his chair around before you even started singing. In this metaphor, you're a bad singer as well, just so you know. <laughs> before you even let out a note, he hit that button. He turned his chair because when you were created, he said, that is very good. And even when we messed up, when we let sin distract us and separate us from him, he sent Jesus to reconnect us with God because he loves us that much. And as long as you are willing, he will have you on his team. He will put you in his family. So you don't have to spend your life trying to get the approval of people, trying to figure out what's the right thing I need to do or say or the group I need to be a part of to get the approval of people or even to win the approval of God because you can't do that either. You have an audience of one. The fear of man is real and it's common. And I think that is the same of the fear of failure. If my life is any uh, representation, the fear of failure is very real. If you don't know what that's like, chances are at some point you will. You could be afraid of failing in school, um, failing in a sport or activity, maybe in a romantic relationship or letting a friend down with your family, failing in a, at a job or this future goal that you have that you just don't think that you're going to reach. We see the consequences of messing those things up as insurmountable. There's no, if I mess this thing up, it's over. There's nothing I can do. And our problem with failure is tied to uh, where we put our value a lot of times, where we put our identity, because a lot of us put our value in that thing we're good at or in that thing we want to be good at or that thing we think is the best. We put a lot of our value, a lot of our identity into that one thing, and that is a mistake. We can read in the Bible at Luke 12, um, it says this. What is the price of five sparrows? Anybody know? <laughs> Anybody buy any sparrows recently? What is the price of five sparrows? Two copper coins, something like that. I, I get, do you feel that in the scripture? What's the price of five sparrows? I don't know, two coins or something, two copper coins. Yet God does not forget a single one of them. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. God knows the number of hairs on your head. And judging by the amount of hair I find in my shower drain, <laughs> that is an impressive tally that God is keeping on your life. We did not coordinate that, but it sounded <laughs> perfect. <laughs> You don't matter to God because of how good you are at school. You don't matter to God because of how good you are at sports or at music, how good you are at your thing. You matter to God because he loves you. You matter no matter what. You matter to God no matter 
what. I, growing up, I had a lot of pride around my music, specifically. Um, I was in a band. I was in the band at school, so I sang in choir. I went, like, I would do, like, the musical theater stuff. And uh, this was a big part of my life, and I took a lot of pride in it. But I put so much stock in my musical ability and my identity in being a musician that when I didn't get a solo or I was corrected by a director, I took it very personally. I took it as a big failure. Um, it was crushing to me, slash, it is crushing to me at times still today when that happens. But you and me both, if our thing, whatever we do, is where we get our worth, where we see that we're valuable, we will be let down every time. It's going to let us down. The Bible would call this idolatry, and it's a terrible way to live. The fear of failure comes from putting our identity in the success of something. And when we worship anything that isn't God, it is always bad. It will always let you down. It is always chaos and pain. Anything other than God makes a lousy God and will leave you heartbroken and let down. In Romans 8, it says this, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither our fears or today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. God has proven his love for you in Christ Jesus our Lord. And since you have this love from God, you have everything you need. You matter no matter what. His love is faithful, it is sturdy, it is dependable, it is always there. It's not something you have to be afraid of losing. You don't have to worry about wh whether you did the right thing to, to keep God's love. You matter to God no matter what. The fear of man is real. The fear of failure is real. And both of those are very real to me. And the third fear is the fear of death. That's what I'd like to talk about, the fear of death. Now, many of us have encountered death in our lives in some way, whether maybe we've gone through it with a loved one um, or maybe had a close call for ourselves or a close call with a loved one. Even experiencing death like in a TV or book creates like this simulation of loss and uh, the, the experience of death. I love you, 3,000. Some of you in this room probably have questions about death. What happens after you die? And some of you regularly experience not feeling safe or not feeling healthy that you actually might die. People in this room probably regularly face that fear. Here's some context on what the Bible says about fear in Hebrews. It says, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Are you a slave to the fear of dying? In John, it says this, Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying, will have eternal forever life. The world we live in is broken by sin and is full of pain because of that sin. But we believe Jesus stepped into a broken and painful world and died a broken and painful death so that we could be reconnected with God and spend eternity with him. Abundant life on earth, eternal life in heaven. God has given us that through Jesus. And it's not about being good enough. It's not about living the perfect Christian life. It's entirely about Jesus. It's not about doing the right things, saying the right words, belonging to the right groups. 
It's only about Jesus because of what Jesus did. Death is not the end. You don't have to be afraid of death because death is not the end. And I don't mean to read some Bible verses and expect all your fears to go away. That's not how this works. But Jesus died so you wouldn't have to fear death. We don't have to fear death like other people do because he's given us abundant life on earth and eternal life in heaven when we ask, when we put our faith in him. If you know one Bible verse, it's probably this one, John 3.16, maybe a different translation you know. But for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. That means that God has given us hope He's given hope to anyone who will put their faith in him, anyone who will put their trust in him. All we have to do is believe in him, call on his name, and we are saved. We believe that God is love. He created us for love, out of love, through love. God is love. And that our sin divides us from God. It separates us from the love of God. But God saw a problem with that. He didn't want to be separated from us. So he sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sin and then come back to life. And when he did that, he, created, he, he reconnected God and man, gave us access to the creator of the universe. What we do at this part of the journey, our job is to, is to decide to put our faith in him. Make a decision to say, God, I believe what you said and I need you to help me. It's really that easy. You say, God, I believe what you said. I believe that you came and died and I want you to help me. I want you to take away my sin. And when you do that, you have access to abundant life on earth, fulfilling, triumphant, victory life on earth. And you have access to eternal life in heaven because we believe that when this body dies, that's not game over. There's a whole more time on the other side where we spend eternity with God in heaven when we say yes to him and say, help me with my sin. When we make that decision, the Holy Spirit will help us live for him. The Holy Spirit speaks to us and guides us, teaches us and reminds us, empowers us to do what he's called us to do. Because of all of that, we know death is not the end. We don't have to fear death because death is not the end. We're about to move into our small groups for a conversation on this. But before we do, I would just want to remind you that you don't, always, you don't have to be spooked. When you're faced with the fear of man, remember that you have an audience of one. When you're faced with the fear of failure, remember, remember that you matter no matter what, no matter how good you are or how bad you are, you matter no matter what. When you're faced with the fear of death or you're confused about ha what happens when you die or you're fearing your own death is a regular struggle for you, you can remember that death is not the end. We don't have to fear death like people without Jesus fear death. Your next step walking out of here is spending the rest of your life following Jesus. That can sound like a long time. When you are 12, 16, 18 in this room, 28, 30-something. That can sound like a long time. Your, your, your next job is to follow Jesus forever. And I know that that sounds exhausting, but that's why we talk about the Holy Spirit helping us live for him. This is a journey that we get to live where we spend the rest of our life getting closer to the creator of the universe who loves us, who loved us so much that he died for us. We spend the rest of our lives going to church 
spending time in music and connection with God, reading his word that he wrote, a love letter to us, spending time with his family. That is the journey that, you're, that God is inviting you on tonight. I'm gonna leave you with one more verse and it's very easy to memorize. So if you're looking for like something to take away when you get spooked, this is something that I, that I think you can remember. It's in 1 John and it says this, perfect love expels all fear. Other translations will say it a little bit differently. Perfect love drives out fear. God's love drives out fear. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this room of people that are here to get closer to you, that are here to learn about you, spend time with you. And so God, I pray that not a single one of them walks out without looking a little bit more like you. Father, when we are faced with the fear of man and living our lives trying to get somebody to turn that chair around and approve of us, remind us that we have an audience of one. God, when we get so tied up, we put so much of our identity in our thing and we fear failure because that's the end. If that's, our, if that's who we are, our failure will be the end. God, remind us that we matter to you no matter what. And God, when we fear death, when we encounter death as we will at some point, God, remind us that you died for us so that we don't have to fear death. Death is not the end because of what you've done for us. God, thank you so much for the people in this room and thank you for what you're teaching us. We dedicate this night to you. I pray your blessing over our small group conversations. It's in your precious and holy name we pray. Everybody said, amen, amen. Thanks for listening to this Apex Student Podcast. You can listen to more Apex teachings by subscribing on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We pray that this message has impacted your life and that you don't walk away without looking a little bit more like Jesus. 